Hello there. I am outside on the porch because this, uh, took a, luckily, I took a look at the weather. and This is like the last nice day for a week. I'm not going to be back out on the porch for for a while. I'm waiting until it's the last day and then I can't go back out on the porch for the rest, until spring. We are reading Binding Chaos by Heather Marsh and the next chapter is Idea Driven Systems. There's a quote at the beginning. Turing believes machines think. Turing lies with men. Therefore, machines cannot think. And that quote is from Alan Turing. Maybe I should look about who Alan Turing is. I don't know. So that quote doesn't seem funny or... Oh, goodness. That quote doesn't seem funny or relevant to me. Like, I should know what that means, but I don't. All right, so that's what the internet is for. Alan Turing. Who is this? I'm waiting while my slow device brings it up. Is he a... Okay, I'm just going to read a short paragraph from Wikipedia. Uh, Alan Turing, Alan Matheson Turing, OBEFRS, was an English mathematician, computer scientist, logician, crypto, cryptanalyst, philosopher. Was he in that game I play, Every Everything? There's a game called Everything, and there's a philosopher that speaks. That might be him. I don't remember. And theoretical biologist. Turing was highly influential in the development of theoretical computer science, providing a formalization of the concepts of algorithm and computation with the Turing machine, which can be considered a model of a general purpose computer. Turing is widely considered to be the father of theoretical computer science and artificial intelligence. Despite these accomplishments, he was never fully recognized in his home country during his lifetime due to the prevalence of homophobia at the time and because much of his work was covered by the Official Secrets Act. Okay, that's what I thought it meant, but I wasn't sure. Now, so now I know. All right. Good. Back to the book. Oh, B, go away. I know, I know. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a flower. I'm just not a flower. Okay. Representative democracies are part of a personality-driven celebrity culture where people are encouraged to support their chosen personalities or groups in any action they take. This has changed from recent history where celebrity culture existed but was moderated. People were encouraged to choose principles they supported and ensure those principles were met by any action, regardless of the actor. The advantage of a personality-driven system to those in power is it allows them to disregard the principles agreed to in a social contract. It also makes favor swapping and influence peddling the preferred methods of negotiation rather than simply negotiating each action on its own merits. Situation apparent representative governance assemblies such as the United Nations. When any criticism of an action taken by person A is met by cries that you must then support person B, we are dealing with a personality-driven system. 
when similar actions that make Zimbabwe's President Mugabe an alleged war criminal make the United States President Obama a Nobel Peace Prize winner, we are dealing with a personality-driven system. When no action taken by a person you support Must, okay, when no action taken by a person you support must ever be criticized, when we are encouraged to just trust an authority with no knowledge of their actions, when we are given the opportunity to vote for a person instead of actions, we are dealing with a personality-driven system. This allows us no real control over our governance or the actions taken by our society at all. In representative democracy, far more of the public's time is spent debating what ought to be completely irrelevant personal attributes and studying politicians instead of policy. Democratic ideal is a system of laws written to apply equally to all people in all cases. Many states... I'm not a flower bee. I really am not. Okay. Many states have been attempting to circumvent those laws by reclassifying people as terrorists or terrorist groups and claiming that these groups are not allowed the same rights as others in direct contradiction to the underlying principles. Two wrongs don't make a right. Once a commonly repeated cliche is now almost never heard. It is widely accepted that wrongs towards some people in some cases are a necessary evil. The new power of personality-driven systems is being illustrated in wars where all effort is expended trying to cloud or identify who is behind each group of fighters. Seen horribly in places like Syria and the Democratic Republic of Congo, the effort to identify groups is meant to aid allegiances and guide people in supporting one group of men with guns committing atrocities or another. An action or idea-driven system would reject all who commit atrocities equally and support those building society. That is an incredibly simplistic statement when applied to the two cases above, but the root evil of investing in men with guns instead of people building societies is recognized in all areas of the world which suffer permanent instability. The solution of just identifying the good guys or deciding there are no good guys was created and is continually promoted by those selling the weapons. Where once soldiers were regular civilians who left their everyday lives to fight in defense of their societies and were therefore worthy of the highest honor and gratitude, those civilians are now called terrorists, militants, and unprivileged combatants. And we are informed they have no right to fight in wars, and are in fact war criminals for doing so. The people who deserve honor, we are told, are professional paid killers willing to do anything they are told, not in defense of their society, but in offense to any country they are paid to attack. Our laws have been twisted to grant impunity to those we once reviled as mercenaries and make war criminals of those we once celebrated as heroes. The disease of personality-driven systems extends to entire groups where the same action taken by one is terrorism, but the other is self-defense. Most extreme are those who feel killing babies is justified if Israel is killing them, or those that feel the United States 2012 NDAA's provision for indefinite detainment of U.S. citizens is horrifying. The U.S. Patriot Act's same power over everyone without U.S. citizenship not worthy of notice. The faults of personality-driven systems have been called by many names, racism, sexism, ageism, nationalism, and more. But all of those isms mean the same thing. People are being judged as nouns instead of verbs. 
If instead of supporting nouns, we supported ideas and actions, it would be far easier to follow our chosen principles in all cases. That last part was in italics. And to be honest, some of this might be a linguistic form because the West is very heavy on nouns and objects. That's when we're talking about the English grammar uh, in that case. Uh, our emphasis on, is on noun and, uh, nouns and objects. Whereas if you look at uh, other languages, such as uh, Korean, Ch Chinese, I believe, and Japanese, the verbs are what are most important. The action is what's most important. That's the most important part of the sentence. Uh, even though it comes at the end, you know what's happening. You won't know what's happening until you reach the end of the sentence. <sighs> so it might, yeah, might be a limit. It might be... And there's a whole study of how language influences culture. And you can look into that if you want to. It's interesting. The, ground the groundbreaking social theorists, Anonymous, have attempted in the past years to create a hierarchy of information, an oligarchy of ideas, in an attempt to escape the pitfalls of personality-driven governance. Memes are a perfect example of concise ideas being shared for the value of their information with no need of further authority. Memes can also be used to circumvent censorship. Sino Weibo users, S-I-N-A space W-E-I-B-O, talking about May 35th and other dates to meme the June 4th, 1989 Tiananmen Square anniversary is an example of ideas overcoming language control. And she does bring in language and how she does. She, I remember in, in uh, further readings that I've had uh, of her that she does bring in language and the importance of language and how it's used. Um, China has the fastest moving memes of anywhere in the world due to the speed of their sensors and they have developed ingenious ideas, I think idea and action driven systems to avoid retribution on personalities. Sunday stroll of the short lived Jasmine revolution is one of many examples of gamified mass protest, which everyone can play without direct instruction from an authority. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff that was going on for with Hong Kong. I have a documentary to watch on that. Um, is an example of this too. You can look up any of their stuff. The promotion of ideas also allows ideas to be evaluated and fact-checked on their own merits rather than accepted or rejected based on acceptance of the source. This is the best method of impartial evaluation since bad data can come from good places and vice versa. It is also the only way to be heard for voices which are marginalized otherwise. An idea-based culture where seeming majority opinions are rejected in favor of facts and individual assessment is also the only real deference against astroturfers and persona management software used online to simulate mass support where there is none. Personality-based systems have been fought for several years by citizens, citizen journalists who rejected the idea that only news from official channels was trustworthy or safe and have largely won that battle. There are still many battles ahead before people cease to be considered above reproach or failure, and ideas are accepted for consideration blindly. In many ways, we are moving into more entrenched personality-based systems with online celebrity influence wielding more power than ever. But it is also more obviously ridiculous now, and we have more power to revoke celebrity influence if we choose. 
Last celebrity thing I just saw was on TikTok with this ocean spray thing. I love Stevie Nicks' song. Here we go again. You want your freedom. It's a romance song. I mean, it's Stevie Nicks. But yeah, I love her song. I love her songs. The whole point of it was selling ocean spray. <laughs> like it was people on skateboards uh, drinking ocean spray. And then, of course, some of them got on there and uh, uh, drank it and then spit it out. Like, what the heck am I drinking? But then I noticed that there's celebrities uh, getting in on it. So that's kind of crazy. So it's crazy. It just, I guess, I'm sure, ocean spray, I guess, was what? 700 plus independent farmers that come to do the cranberry farmers cool. I love cranberry sauce. Um, um, they also promoted it as a, uh, cure for feminine bladder. I'm sure I'm guessing it was just feminine. I don't know what they did towards uh, men. Um, you were told to drink uh, cranberry juice cause that would help you if you had a, a irritated bladder, something like that. I remember that. That was like a, that was like a tale that was told. So they had to remove it because there's no basis to it. <laughs> it's not real. And plus, theirs was a juice cocktail because you got to add a crap ton of sugar to cranberries to make them edible um, or drinkable. So on the one hand, I get it. I, mean, I You know, I'm a person who, if I pick juice, I'm going to pick cranberry juice. I like cranberry juice, but um, I haven't drunk it in ages. But um, yeah, for celebrities to get on the bandwagon, like I, at first I was okay. Like, it was cool. I was like, oh, it's a cool song. They put this to a cool song. And then I noticed, why is there ocean spray in the room? But okay, I am listening to it because of the song. But then the celebrities, like, the more that popped up on the timeline TikTok as you're watching it, I went, ah, oh, crap. It's just a, a personality driven meme. And that might be okay for somebody, but I think that's like, it's, it feels to me, well, I don't know. It's probably just mine because it's, wears thin and I really hate ads and I hate any kind of marketing because I know too much about it and um I try and do as much as I can to limit any kind of advertising getting through to me um yeah and it's worked pretty much um yeah but to see that on TikTok I'm just like ugh anyway okay where'd I go so this next part is italicized by Marsh the first right of any person in an idea-driven society must be the right to communicate. Without communication, there is no way to safeguard our other rights or for us to participate fully in a society. End of her uh, italicized sentence. When your right to communicate is interrupted by those who would be your voice, your face, or your representative, you are being subjected to the governance of another. Horizontal governance does not mean no one gets a voice. It means everyone does. A person or group who attempts to suppress the voices of others is attempting to seize control. Official group channels are representative governance, regardless of the consensus that may or, not, may or may not lie behind them. A person who interprets another's voice instead of amplifying it is assuming control over the originator. People giving a face to a cause are standing between the people affected and the world. Media who pretend to write stories about groups whose voices are never heard, but write almost universally through the lenses of Western men instead, are ensuring that all interpretations and solutions come from the same small segment of society. Wars are told from the point of view of arms dealers and politicians. Disasters are interpreted by NGOs. Most issues are never covered at all. Official channels decide what will or will not be revealed, and media are rewarded for their obedience by access to more official information. That last part 
over and over and over again. 100%. Then, um, ah, this made me think of something, but now I forgot it. Ah, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is a good, um, Anonymous is, I think, uh, the 2008 Wall Street protests, the 1%, I thought think that was a good way to remain a moving target. Uh, Black Lives Matter has been very, it's autonomous. You want to keep your autonomy. You don't want them to latch on to a face, which in the media doesn't know how to deal with it. And they hate it. They hate it. They don't know how to deal with it. The idea is that you don't have a face. You don't have a personality to latch on to. The reason being is that you'll have to hit, you'll have to take on the ideas head on. Uh, uh, There's no representative. You're going to have to deal with the verb, the ideas, the actions, rather than personality. And the media hates it. They, they They don't know how to deal with it, and they try really hard to pigeonhole it. New media in its current form has made this worse instead of better. Uh oh. Journalists write about the those powerful in social media to have their stories amplified by the same people. Then they talk about this is amplification in marketing all the time. The news celebrity symbiosis has escalated as writers buy for page views, which can be granted by their chosen subject. Also the little, you know, check mark near uh a um authenticated person on social media. We are at risk of having increasingly narrow news coverage as platforms like Twitter move to increase amplification of already powerful accounts and hide the less powerful opinions from view. As information and voice amplification become the new symbols of power, those who would assume control of society have moved to hoard voice amplification and control the message received by the public in many ways. I agree And what they're battling right now is like disinformation or false news or fake news. And the only thing I I keep coming back to, I can't remember the uh, open society, the enemies of an open society. I can't remember the name. Uh, And the guy and the man who wrote that can't remember the author's name. Sorry, but it's the enemies of an open society. It's old book. And the one thing he stresses is that you can't be tolerant of intolerance. And so that's the only caveat that I end up always wanting to put to this. Like, yes, everybody's voice needs to be heard. You know, I kind of need to hear, you know, where racists stand and why, you know, like their reasoning behind this. Because supposedly you'd be able to counter that with like facts. But they're very rarely, like it doesn't seem to be working. Very rarely happens. So and right now, Facebook and other social media outlets are uh, receiving uh, a backlash against, like, not stopping QAnon, not stopping um, um, fake news. There's, oh, gosh, there's so much that came out even just this week. It was just crazy. Uh, the Social Dilemma is a good documentary on Netflix to watch that I mostly agree with. Um because I do feel social media has been used for good. And then there's other things that, that I, other documentaries I've seen where, you know, if you let people, you do let people group together and come to a consensus, especially to help one another. I mean, that's what they're supposed to be doing is helping one another. And I know the other groups are going to say they're doing the same thing. So, yeah. So what do you do? Because QAnon, QAnon's huge now. Um, what do you do? <sighs> but anyways, okay, let's go on and see what, Heather Heather Marsh proposes. 
The pressure for marginalized groups to stay in their marginalized roles increases as does their opportunities to escape. While it was once possible to simply identify people in relation to a more powerful figure, an assistant, wife, staff, servant, serf, slave, or other, the internet provided the opportunity for all to have an equal voice free of relation to others. The backlash to this freedom has been widespread even or perhaps especially in the groups fighting for social change. Absolutely. Remember when Black Lives Matter was considered a terrorist group? Um, depending on the group, individual, oh, and I just got done watching uh, the Chicago 7, the trial of the Chicago 7, which I knew, like, in passing, but I didn't have any details, and I never, like, read up on it. The documentary was, the film was, it's a film, sorry, it's not a documentary, it's a film, but it was done really well. I enjoyed it, and it just showed exactly what's happening, like, especially Chicago police. Jeez, what is wrong with you guys? Um, so, 69, how the Chicago police... At 68, I think, is when it happened. Now, the Chicago police instigated the riot. Uh, there were peaceful protesters, much in the same way that uh, later, earlier this year, during George Floyd protests, uh, Chicago police told everybody to leave and then raised all the bridges so they couldn't leave. So, you know, it's that kind of logic. What was it? What was it? Tom Hayden was the character that the police kept telling him to do two contradictory things at the same time. And, he kept pointing out those are two contradictory statements <laughs> and then they'd hit him <laughs> like beat him up or something like how dare you notice that we're doing this illogical thing um anyway, that was a good film um depending on the group individual voices are told their message will receive greater amplification if it comes from another the danger of speaking openly is so great they must be protected their individual voices disrupt the harmony of consensus or they are part of a collective and will be shunned if they dare speak with their own name. Assemblies ignore those who are not who are too uncomfortable or unassertive to be heard in crowds, and most are very unconcerned by the lack of input from these people, as they had the opportunity to speak. Differing levels of comfort or ability in this activity are rarely acknowledged. And you're basically just told, well, why didn't you? Assemblies and all other group and public activities have continued the oligarchies of the extroverts. I never thought of an oligarchy of extroverts, but danged if I don't agree with it, <laughs> because I'm an introvert. Most importantly, the free information beliefs of many groups which threaten power have been twisted to conflate credit theft with free information. Credit theft has absolutely nothing to do with free information. Copyright and patent laws, which are structured to ensure fame and profit for those that can afford the fees and are the quickest to file forms, have created a society and a history filled with people celebrated for creations they did not originate and filled also with creative people who died in poverty and anonymity because they did not have the gift of self-promotion. While intellectual property rights need to be abolished as they are inhibiting progress and being used as a tool for inappropriate permanent economic control and intimidation, idea credit rights need far more recognition and need to start being applied to the originator, not the copyright or patent holders. Boy, is that going to tick a lot of people off. Credit theft is a severe impediment to equality. It is an as common, so credit, when she's talking about credit theft, not talking about credit cards, I don't know if that's the first thing popped in your head, but for a hot second, it wasn't me, it was for me, she's talking about the person, uh, giving the person credit for doing something, and not the first person who had the money to jump through the hoops to get to be license it for their profit. 
Credit theft is a severe impediment to equality. It is as common now as ever for a person with access to powerful forms to pick up an idea from a person unable to reach the public and use it to enhance their own reputation. This is frequently brushed off in groups fighting for societal change as the hive owns the idea. Everyone does the role they chose, and it just so happens that the role most suitable to those in power, Western men, is interviews, public speaking, books, etc. While the silent and unrecognized work is more suitable to the introverted or those without the power to take the stage. Any criticism or resentment is met with outrage that the originator cares for their own fame than the cause. Credit for one's work or ideas is the right of every person. Credit provides the human dignity of societal recognition, approval, and belonging. Credit for ideas and actions is an inherited part of personal inherent part of personal identity unlike copying which is not theft taking credit deprives the rightful owner of it and is theft there is no need to ever hide the origin of information unless the ultimate goal is to isolate them and suppress or twist their message or use their work to glorify another this next part is in italics a person who takes your idea and information to use and build upon is your collaborator tester, and colleague. A person who takes your credit or your voice is your enemy. A thief who steals your societal recognition and approval for themselves and would be your tyrant. End of italics. People grieve more, feel more importance is due to those they hear of more. Even on social media, the deaths of three people in Boston caused immediate international hysteria compared to the delayed response to the deaths of over a thousand in a factory collapse in Bangladesh. And in the notes for this chapter, she's referencing what specifically, the factory collapse in Bangladesh, I remember, three people in Boston. Is that gonna be, I don't know. Uh, 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 notes 15 and 16 for the end of the chapter. I'll have to look it up for you. Sorry, guys. I'll have to look that up because I don't know. Are the, or the almost non-existent response to possibly two or three hundred civilians massacred by the Nigerian military, footnote 17, all within weeks of each other. A young Western male doing anything that can be mislabeled as hacking can occupy international news for any reason or none. When he is also a journalist, the result is exhausted and entirely unwarranted international coverage of the firing of Reuters, Reuters social media editor Matthew Keyes or the equally irrational coverage of all things anonymous and lulsec. Any story involving a girl with a sewing machine or a grandmother in Africa has no chance at all of being in the news. Oh my gosh, I hate this because yes, I look up I look at headlines for the news every day, especially since it, I actually started doing it when the back in almost a year ago in the pandemic when I heard about it in China because I thought this is not good. Um, I hate science news. Oh my gosh, this applies to that so much. And then so much, like I have to, I when I first noticed it, I had to specifically go and choose topics uh, that you want to follow and you can type in any kind of topic and then put a star next to it to follow it. In order to get some some kind of diversity on the news headlines, it's, it's, it's just the craziest thing. If you don't do it, oh my gosh, only... What she's all this is exactly right. If it becomes necessary to cover those continually marginalized groups, 
they are presented within the lens of what Western men think of them. The Rohingya genocide, the Rohingya, Rohingya genocide. We talked about this in another, this was brought up in another podcast that we did. This is the massacre in Myanmar. And ritual murders in Gabon were both ignored until Anonymous gave international media an angle they preferred, one profiling Western male hackers. To allow local governance and solutions, local voices must be the ones which formulate problems and create dialogue. People who are currently faceless and voiceless do not need another to be their face and voice. Freedom of speech means equal voices for all and amplification where necessary, not the freedom of Western men to drown out all other voices. We need a system where urgent local news can be collected and amplified globally when necessary, and where the people of the world decide which news is important, not official news channels or celebrity notes. And that is the end of the chapter. And I did way too much commentary while I was reading it, so I'll stop with that. And plus, oh my gosh, the um, porch is getting hot. So it's time to go. And I've been talking for a while. All right, I'm going to go rest my voice. I don't know when I'll be back out on the porch because um, I still haven't figured out where I want to record inside the house. But um, probably in my rocking chair. Um, so, I think that's it. I'm watching the bees. It's hot, although I love it. Thank you very much. Last day, I'm pretty sure fall is going to be decent weather. And then that's it compared to everything else that's going on in the world. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Social distance for the foreseeable future. Sorry. But, uh, and pursue whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you feel good. Any artistic stuff, any spirituality stuff, I enjoy reading and doing this. This makes me happy. So, exosocialism. No one can take it away from me. I do what I want. All right. <laughs> Bye. Have a good time till I hear till I read again.